chapters 61 through 65 of Against Celsus, book 5 by Origen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. After the above remarks, he proceeds as follows, quote, let no one suppose that I am ignorant that some of them will concede that their God is the same as that of the Jews, while others will maintain that he is a different one, to whom the latter is in opposition, and that it was from the former that the Son came. End quote. Now, if he imagine that the existence of numerous heresies among the Christians is a ground of accusation against Christianity, why, in a similar way, should it not be a ground of accusation against philosophy, that the various sects of philosophers differ from each other, not on small and indifferent points, but upon those of the highest importance? Nay, medicine also ought to be a subject of attack, on account of its many conflicting schools. Let it be admitted, then, that there are amongst us some who deny that our God is the same as that of the Jews. Nevertheless, on that account, those are not to be blamed who prove from the same scriptures that one and the same deity is the God of the Jews and of the Gentiles alike. As Paul too distinctly says, who was a convert from Judaism to Christianity, quote, I thank my God, whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience, end quote. And let it be admitted also that there is a third class who calls certain persons carnal and others spiritual. I think he here means the followers of Valentinus. Yet what does this avail against us who belong to the church and who make it an accusation against such as hold that certain natures are saved, and that others perish in consequence of their natural constitution. And let it be admitted further that there are some who give themselves out as Gnostics in the same way as those Epicureans who call themselves philosophers. Yet neither will they who annihilate the doctrine of providence be deemed true philosophers, nor those true Christians who introduce monstrous inventions, which are disapproved of by those who are the disciples of Jesus. Let it be admitted, moreover, that there are some who accept Jesus, and who boast on that account of being Christians, and yet would regulate their lives, like the Jewish multitude, in accordance with the Jewish law. And these are the twofold sects of the Ebionites, who either acknowledge with us that Jesus was born of a virgin, or deny this, and maintain that he was begotten like any other human beings, what does that avail by way of charge against such as belong to the church, and whom Celsus has styled, quote, those of the multitude, end quote. He adds also that certain of the Christians are believers in the Sabile, having probably misunderstood some who blame such as believed in the existence of a prophetic Sabile, and term those who held this belief Sabilists. He next pours down upon us a heap of names, saying that he knows of the existence of certain Simonians who worship Helene or Hellenus as their teacher and are called Hellenians. But it has escaped the notice of Celsus that the Simonians do not at all acknowledge Jesus to be the Son of God, but term Simon the power of God, regarding whom they relate certain marvelous stories, saying that he imagined that if he could become possessed of similar powers to those with which he believed Jesus to be endowed, he too would become as powerful among men as Jesus was amongst the multitude. 
But neither Celsus nor Simon could comprehend how Jesus, like a good husbandman of the word of God, was able to sow the greater part of Greece and of barbarian lands with his doctrine and to fill these countries with words which transform the soul from all that is evil and bring it back to the creator of all things. Celsus knows, moreover, certain Marcellians, so-called from Marcellina, and Harpocratians from Salome, and others who derive their name from Mariamne, and others, again, from Martha. We, however, who, from a love of learning, examine to the utmost of our ability not only the contents of Scripture and the differences to which they give rise, but have also, from love to the truth, investigated as far as we could the opinions of philosophers, have never at any time met in with these sects. He makes mention also of the Marcionites, whose leader was Marcion. In the next place, that he may have the appearance of knowing still more than he has yet mentioned, he says, agreeably to his usual custom, that, quote, there are others who have wickedly invented some being as their teacher and demon, and who wallow about in a great darkness, more unholy and accursed than that of the companions of the Egyptian Antinous. And he seems to me, indeed, in touching on these matters, to say with a certain degree of truth that there are certain others who have wickedly invented another demon, and who have found him to be their lord, as they wallow about in the great darkness of their ignorance. With respect, however, to Antinous, who is compared with our Jesus, we shall not repeat what we have already said in the preceding pages. Moreover, he continues, quote, these persons utter against one another dreadful blasphemies, saying all manner of things shameful to be spoken, nor will they yield in the slightest point for the sake of harmony, hating each other with a perfect hatred. End quote. Now, in answer to this, we have already said that in philosophy and medicine sects are to be found warring against sects. We, however, who are followers of the word of Jesus, and have exercised ourselves in thinking, and saying, and doing what is in harmony with his words, when reviled, bless, being persecuted, we suffer it, being defamed, we entreat, and we would not utter all manner of things shameful to be spoken against those who have adopted different opinions from ours, but, if possible, use every exertion to raise them to a better condition through adherence to the Creator alone, and lead them to perform every act as those who will one day be judged. And if those who hold different opinions will not be convinced, we observe the injunction laid down for the treatment of such, quote, A man that is a heretic after the first and second admonition, reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth, being condemned of himself. End quote. Moreover, we who know the maxim, quote, blessed are the peacemakers, and this also, blessed are the meek, end quote, would not regard with hatred the corruptors of Christianity, nor term those who had fallen into error sources and flattering deceivers. Celsus appears to me to have misunderstood the statement of the apostle, which declares that, quote, in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them who believe. End quote. 
and to have misunderstood also those who employ these declarations of the apostle against such as had corrupted the doctrines of Christianity. And it is owing to this cause that Celsus has said that, quote, certain among the Christians are called cauterized in the ears, end quote. And also that some are termed enigmas, a term which we have never met. The expression stumbling block is, indeed, a frequent occurrence in these writings, an appellation which we are accustomed to apply to those who turn away simple persons and those who are easily deceived from sound doctrine. But neither we, nor, I imagine, any other, whether Christian or heretic, know of any who are styled sirens who betray and deceive and stop their ears and change into swine those whom they delude. And yet this man, who affects to know everything, uses such language as the following, quote, You may hear, he says, all those who differ so widely, and who assail each other in their disputes, with the most shameless language, uttering the words, The world is crucified to me, and I unto the world, End quote. And this is the only phrase which, it appears, Celsus could remember out of Paul's writings. And yet why should we not also employ innumerable other quotations from the scriptures, such as, quote, For though we do walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty, through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. End quote. But since he asserts that, quote, You may hear all those who differ so widely saying, The world is crucified to me, and I unto the world. End quote. We shall show the falsity of such a statement, for there are certain heretical sects which do not receive the epistle of the Apostle Paul, as the two sects of the Ebionites, and those who are termed Encratites. Those then who do not regard the apostle as a holy and wise man will not adopt his language and say, quote, The world is crucified to me, and I unto the world. End quote. And consequently, in this point, too, Celsus is guilty of falsehood. He continues, moreover, to linger over the accusations which he brings against the diversity of sects which exist, but does not appear to me to be accurate in the language which he employs, nor to have carefully observed or understood how it is that those Christians who have made progress in their studies say that they are possessed of greater knowledge than the Jews, and also whether they acknowledge the same scriptures, but interpret them differently or whether they do not recognize these books as divine. For we find both of these views prevailing among the sects. He then continues, quote, Although they have no foundation for their doctrine, let us examine the system itself, and, in the first place, let us mention the corruptions which they have made through ignorance and misunderstanding, when in the discussion of elementary principles they express their opinions in the most absurd manner on things which they do not understand, such as the following, end quote. And then, to certain expressions which are continually in the mouths of the believers in Christianity, he opposes certain others from the writings of the philosophers, with the object of making it appear that the noble sentiments which Celsus supposes to be used by Christians have been expressed in better and clearer language by the philosophers, in order that he might drag away to the study of philosophy those who are caught by opinions which at once evidence their noble and religious character. We shall, however, here terminate the fifth book, and begin the sixth, 
with what follows. End of Against Celsus, Book 5 by Origin of Alexandria, translated by Frederick Crombie, read by David Ronald.